I have a guest today who is a good friend of mine. We spend a lot of time talking and texting every week. Um, she is a radio host. She is a politician. But first and foremost, she's a wife, a mom, and a grandma. And she is the executive director of Project 25, which here in Southern Arizona and nationwide it, uh, handles a topic that is near and dear not only to American law enforcement, but really to everyone in the United States who is concerned about the exploitation of women and children, not just on our borders, but throughout this nation. Kathleen Wynn, welcome to the show. Thanks, Betsy. Thanks for having me. So uh, first of all, I just want people to know your uh, incredible background. And of course, we only have a, you know, a couple of minutes, but um you have just seen and done so much. Tell people. Well, I've been on this issue for about 13 years. I got into this because I worked at our Arizona Attorney General's office. I was the community outreach director for the state. It was my job to warn consumers how they could become victims of crime. And so through that, you discover how crime is being committed. And when I left that job in 2015, um, what was on my heart was how children were becoming victims, internet crimes against children, uh, substance abuse, and particularly uh, the crimes against children where children were being exploited uh, or actually sold for sex. And so I took that on as a personal mission and uh, developed Project 25 at that time. It's a 10-year commitment to end sexual exploitation in our country. So... <laughs> This is a topic that a lot of people say they're concerned about, um, but most people don't want to talk about it. And, and uh, you know, I was uh, decades ago, I was a child sex crimes investigator. In fact, I did that pre-internet when uh, child porn was literally handed down um, via videotape or photography, things like that. Um, now child porn, of course, is rampant on the internet but the exploitation of children just doesn't involve film and it doesn't just involve the internet. It involves horrifically real live boys and girls, doesn't it? It does. Um, and unfortunately it is a growing crime. So it is um, when you buy a child, you pay more. So if you're buying a, a, someone who's over 18, there's a price uh, they like to get, Typically, when someone is selling a human being, they're selling younger and younger. But if you go under 18, uh, there's all kinds of laws against that. That's a minor. Minors can't consent. Uh, but what we have is we have a, a, a demand for that. There's a market for that. Uh, we've now started to see in the culture where there's, uh, instead of calling it pedophilia, we now call it minor attracted. So we're even languaging it. We're trying to make it acceptable to having sex as an adult with a child. Um, it should never be acceptable. And children legally cannot consent to that action. So if someone is forcing force, fraud, or co coercion, which is the legal standard, if someone is forcing a child to have sex and profiting from it, um, it breaks all kinds of laws, uh, never mind the moral decency that, and, and just how evil that is. Uh, but we have a huge market for that. So uh, you have people that are, are creating child porn, um, and that's a market. There are people that uh, take young people and convince them to um, 
they're a boyfriend or there's some other way that they get groomed through gaming. There's thousands of different ways. Unfortunately, the kids are being groomed and they are being uh, used in, in the uh, sale of commercial sex. And uh, we recover them. We have over 5,000 missing children in Arizona right now. It's a, it's a terrifying number. And uh, we're not alone. This happens across the country. Now, the term groomer, again, has bizarrely become politicized in uh, in the recent months. And it's said to be, you know, if I call somebody a groomer, I'm somehow insulting them. Explain to people truly what grooming is and and uh, and how that factors into what we're talking about. So grooming is a systematic uh, conditioning of another person to get them to believe that what you're offering them is a, uh, opportunity. Uh, we see it with, uh, maybe 16, 17 year olds where they're asked if they want to be lingerie models, right? So young girls, Oh, you're so beautiful. You can start a career in modeling. I've got all these contacts and, um, or if a girl wants to be a hair person, uh, whatever it is that the, the child is interested in, this person will say, oh, I've got contacts into that. I can do that for you. And so they create a dialogue. Typically, teenagers are um, upset with somebody. I, I have seven children. I have five teenage girls at the same time. I can just tell you I'm an expert on that, too. Uh, but But quite frankly, kids are their brains aren't fully formed. They make bad choices. And so the people that are preying on them know this and exploit them by giving them choices of here, come with us. We can do this for you. Um, and they believe that they are going to do what they say they're going to do. But typically they're just trying to lure them out of their safe environment and, and they're gone. Um, and uh, sometimes we find them quickly. I just had a case over the weekend where we found the girl. She was missing since September from Arizona, from Phoenix. We found her in Texas. She's now home with her family in Florida. Uh, but she's now going to have to start on a path because from September till January, she was being trafficked. Um, and this is, means they're getting repeatedly raped every day for uh, profit. And they don't get the money. The person that groomed them gets the money. How big of a factor is social media we'll talk about gaming in a minute but just social media you know instagram um uh, you know twitter facebook all the social media sites um especially instagram that kids tend to frequent well social media is the uh is like handing kids a loaded gun you when i'm older but when we were growing up you know magazines used to have the brown paper around them right there's there's a communication decency act that says children shouldn't have certain content but yet there's no filters on kids' phones. So kids can go anywhere, can learn anything. So where do kids go? They go where they're prohibited to go, or they get into conversations with people. And, and really, um, children don't discern who they're talking to. If there's a picture of a cute boy or uh, something that they are attracted to, they will they will engage in a conversation without asking, oh, are you really a 45-year-old middle-aged guy? No, they don't know to ask the next question. They, they want to believe that uh, they're driven by likes. They're driven by popularity. They're driven by um, being famous. The, the internet is a way to get access to our kids that, for people that we'd never allow through our front door. 
And so that's where children live. And unfortunately, parents wanting their kids to fit in, keep giving phones or, or, or computers or laptops or iPads to kids at younger and younger ages, um, which the second you do that and you leave them unmonitored, you have no idea who's talking to your kids. And in a case that we've had now for three and a half years, mom and dad would go to bed and at 11 o'clock, this girl would take out her laptop and communicate till two, three in the morning to unknown strangers in her bedroom. And she's gone. She's been gone for three and a half years. We're still looking for her. Uh, and we know who she was with, but we are desperately trying to uh, get her home. And kids need to understand there's serious consequences. Uh, and typically uh, groomers or predators will say, don't tell your parents, don't tell anybody, this is our secret. They kind of make it mysterious or romantic. Uh, and unfortunately, many children don't tell their parents. And so online, they don't online sexual predation has been happening for 25 years, Kathleen. Why haven't we been able to get a handle on it? Well, I think before you didn't have uh, such a concerted effort towards children. The other thing that's happening is hypersexualization in our schools. So we've gone from teaching biology to teaching sexuality, which is not the role of education in this country, but it has become the role. Um, and, and so our children are, it's normalized for them to send nude pictures. Now, if you own that phone as a parent and your child is sending nude pictures of themselves, that could be construed as child porn. You might have some liability for that, for each image. Each image is a a charge if you are disseminating child pornography. So, uh, but kids are, they get into these relationships and they think that, you know, I'll just do it because I really love this person. And, and they really are convinced that they're doing something that's private. But as we know, once it's out on the internet, it's gone and, and you cannot get it back. Uh, just like that money you sent in Nigeria. Uh, that's also gone. So I, free warning. Uh, but I just, I, people need to understand that you have to, you have to teach your children that their self-esteem, their, their body is, is something that's worthwhile protecting, uh, that you wouldn't just give it away because they're giving their, uh, intelligence, they're giving away their creativity, all of that by engaging with someone that they don't know online. And, and that person then becomes their primary person. I can't tell you how many young girls I've talked out of leaving their parents and their home because they think they're running off with the love of their life. And it happens over and over and over again. I wish I had a million dollars for every time one of those cases, I'd be a very rich woman. And, and, and I, I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but we have to do a better job of instilling values in our children and building up their self-esteem and their self-confidence. So they're not reliant on whether their friends like them on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, but that what matters most is how they value themselves. Um, and then a, a, a approach the other side of it, which is the demand side, people that are willing to pay for sex with children. Um, there aren't enough, we've changed a bunch of laws. I, I will continue to work on that. We have to uh, punish people that believe that that's an acceptable practice to um, groom and have sex with children. It's just, um, and it's a growing, it's a growing criminal enterprise, as you mentioned. What's law enforcement's role in, uh, in preventing this? 
God bless, you know, law enforcement, um, talk about doing so much with so little. So right now, <laughs> I mean, we've never had such recruitment issues. So what, what have we done? This is a perfect storm, right? So we, we have demoralized uh, and tried to uh, diminish our law enforcement, right? Over the last few years, especially, there's been a concerted effort to say, uh, it's bad to be a cop. Cops are bad people, all those things. But yet, when you get in trouble, who do you call? You call a police officer. The nature of the crime, unfortunately, the criminal enterprises are well-funded. Uh, they uh, have gotten better at their uh, craft, if you will. We have all kinds of unknown persons in our country, over 5 million. So unsolved crimes, the rate of unsolved crimes is under the 50% threshold. So it's, it's a tough job to be a cop. Uh, but what you can do if, is to keep good track of your children to support law enforcement. The other thing we need law enforcement is they kind of need to come into uh, the technology world and they need to start to, you know, good old beat cops and people out on the street. We need that. We need people to direct traffic. We need people to do investigations, but we need to apply technology because the bad guys are using technology and we need to be able to track them. So I think there needs to be a, a a way to train new officers on the nature of the crime, how crimes occur, and what technology can we bring to those law enforcement officers. And that's a lot of what um, my nonprofit does is focusing on bringing tools and uh, training and skills to law enforcement. We trained 120 officers last week. We have a Super Bowl here in a month. And uh, having them have at least the latest and greatest uh, that is available to them and there's going to be teams of people here looking to hopefully rescue or recover missing children. And uh, that's, that's some of the work that we do. So uh, you and I both live relatively close to the Southern border here in Arizona. Um, talk about our uh, open border issue. And yes, despite what the Biden administration says, everybody, our Southern border is wide open. Um, talk about how the open border in this country affects human trafficking and the exploitation of women, children, uh, of, of women and children? Well, um, I'm going to approach this from two different ways. The border is wide open and people are coming in, right? And we have people from all over the world. Uh, they leave their ID cards on the ground. So when they come into the country, they don't have any ID. Um, and we, we have many women and children being brought into this country. About two months ago, we had a 13-year-old girl who had been gang raped uh, by the coyotes that were bringing here. She was pregnant. She was delivering her first child, um, didn't speak English. And so what a horrific thing to happen. And the, and the atrocities and the rapes and the rape trees and the um, there's no regard this is a business for the people that are bringing people into this country. They are profiting from just smuggling, forget sex, ex, you know, sexual exploitation or sex trafficking. They are just profiting from bringing people into this country. Uh, we know 5 million, if not more that we, we, we identify some people, but there's gotaways. There's, there's an organized system right now to bring people into this country um, and how they're treated is very poorly. Conversely, that border's open the other way. So we don't talk about people going into Mexico um, or other countries, but they, they get taken out of this country south of the border. If 10 kids are missing in Arizona, disproportionately, those kids will be minor. So uh, six or seven will be black or brown. 
uh, less white children go missing. It's, it's not a race thing, except that if you're trying to sneak someone into a different country, the color of their skin matters because you can, uh, if you take a Hispanic girl from Arizona and you take her into Mexico, she's going to blend a lot better than if she's, you know, someplace else. So, so we're seeing that also uh, separate reporting are Native Americans. So our Native American, uh, we have 22 tribes in Arizona and somewhere over 5,000 missing women and children. Now they categorize theirs differently are also missing and they don't report the same way. They have a different law enforcement system and we don't have communication between our tribal lands and our, uh, and our everyday law enforcement. If you commit a crime on tribal lands, let's say you're at the casino and you sex traffic, the penalties there are much less. Well, the predators, the criminal people know this. So where do they go? They, they will go there. Um, and so if you get caught, that's a better place to be caught because your penalties are not as severe as if you're off the reservation. And so little nuances like that, um, money laundering, all these different aspects. Um, and so the people that are fighting this have to understand that that border, we've had a 3,000% increase in sexual predators coming into this country. Well, I want you to say that again, say that again. We, we've had a 3,000, 3,000% increase in sexual predators coming into the country. Is it an, there's no accident that that should be a direct correlation to why we have more rape, more sexual assault, more sex crimes than we've had ever in the history of this country. That's not an accident. That's a direct result. And that is why the border needs to be shut down. We need to identify people. Yes, we need workers, but quite frankly, we need qualified workers. We don't need the prisons opened up in these other countries. Um, and we know that the Chinese are funding our Mexican and Central American cartels. It's not an antidote. We have proof that money that is being earned here in this country is funneling back to China. So we have to understand that we have to use all the technology. That's a technology-based um, function in, that, that happens here uh, that is only for law enforcement. They're the only ones that can use it, that we know where the money's going. If, if, if you, you have to, it's not complicated except that we're not giving the time and attention to this. This is a solvable problem. This is easy, actually easier than cancer, but we're not focused on this. And it's a distraction in the background. So people say, I wanna help on human trafficking, but people really don't understand the dynamic of the crime and how it's occurring. And until you do that, you can't really stop it. And what we do is we keep dealing with survivors at the end, which is we need to do that. We need to help people that have been abused, but wouldn't it be great if we just stopped creating victims and, and, and got to the heart of how is this happening and support our law enforcement and, and, and really have people that, that campaign on this and run and get elected actually sit down and, and spend some time systematically detecting, disrupting, and dismantling these criminal enterprises in our country. If people viewing this want to do something, should they contact their legislators? I mean, you know, we've got about a minute and a half left. What can they do, your average citizen, Kathleen? Well, there's they can contact me at uh, info at project25.org, info at project25.org. Um, they, can, they can go to, to many different websites, but contact your local law enforcement. If you see something, call 911 right away. If you see someone being abducted, don't don't wait. But if you want to get engaged, ask your law enforcement, ask your congressman, ask your 
uh, state representatives, what are they doing to help with this crime? Um, there's new laws that are being proposed right now in our legislature. I am hopeful that this is not a political issue, that the predators don't give a damn how you vote, that, that, that both Republicans, Democrats, and independents should want to protect our children. So, um, but please hold your elected officials to account. Uh, they are, they are some place that you can go and they're aware of all the different groups that work in Arizona and, and across the country. I was going to say, this is a 50 state problem, right? Absolutely. Yes. It is not just the border state. It, this is, this is not only is it a 50 state problem, and unfortunately the U S is one of the greatest consumers of porn and, and, and child predators, but this is a global problem. And we, we need, if we solve it here, we can solve it everywhere. And we really, since we're the biggest part of the problem, we should probably start here. I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> Kathleen, you've given us so much to think about. Tell, tell me again, where can people find you? Where can they uh, find Project 25? What can they do to get involved? They can uh, find me at info at project25.org. And I also have a local radio show Monday through Friday on a Salem station, 1030 AM, The Voice in Tucson. It's called Win Tucson. We want Tucson to win. Um, and uh, it's a great show because we, we air the issues uh, and, and we don't talk politics. Actually, we talk about the heart of the issues and try to bring real solutions to those. And I would love to talk to anybody who has a heart for this issue and wants to do something to change uh, the future for our next generation. Kathleen Wynn, you've been an extraordinary guest, and I can't thank you enough for being with us today. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Put the gun down! Put the gun down! Last year, Law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. Put the knife on the ground. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.